0: gentlemen it's episode nine we made it this far holy shit it's the snobcast william here once again with my way cooler and smarter co-host shay simone say what's up
1: i hear no cap hi everybody how you doing how's it going i um am in my natural habitat
0: yes she's in a According swamp if you guys do not know her. she's in her oh, swamp I got it says it.
2: a lot about you <laughs>
0: It says so much without saying anything. I love it. Right. And of course, that is the voice of our lovely and special guest this month, Don Shanahan. Say what's up.
2: How are you doing, everybody? It's nice to be here.
0: Yes. And Don, I'm so friggin' excited to have you here. I've been trying to get you on this thing forever. I'm, and you were so gracious to give us your time. And guys, I wanted to touch on one thing before I get to the main topic. Yesterday, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences put out their nominations for the mm. Oscars and the entire film Twitter imploded.
2: <laughs> yes, they always, as always. Mm.
0: As always. Guys, what is the biggest snub for you guys of what you saw?
2: Um Chai, you got one loaded up or
1: no, I-, I don't. I haven't. I yeah. okay, so it's so sad. I no longer follow the Oscars, really. You're not
2: you're not missing anything. I I, I tell you what, William, you might you know, see this kind of like I do where we're the credential guys that get all the FYC stuff and we kind of know where the money is and where the promotional pushes are, where none of the things really surprised me. That box of neon right there has some films that likely could have used a little more representation. William's showing off the, uh, for those of you who are on podcast and don't see the Zoom video, William is showing off every year. Neon does a fantastic bo- uh, collected box uh, yes, of entire, their entire year's worth catalog of films. And they put them all up for FYC, which is really cool because, you know, they kind of show us how much they support their work and say, Hey, everything top to bottom, we do is quality and deserves to get the attention of the Academy. And so when you get that box full of pig and Spencer and a little bit of flea, worst person in the world to tame, you got, you got some stuff in that box that probably deserves some Oscar nominations in some spots. The hard part is like many things from neon it's, they're small and they're underseen. A niche crowd like us sees that stuff, but a mainstream, mom pop old white person voter from la oscar so white they don't give a shit about detain and or or if they do it's too obscure and not enough people are going to vote for it so and the best
0: the best part about that that whole statement guys is it came from our resident white guy doctor
2: correct so he knows he understands
0: yeah. what these i understand the white
2: man now exactly. i sound like i'm talking about native americans i understand the white man yeah
0: exactly he understands the caucasity yeah he no it's does. a
2: as a personal favorite of Snubs, like it's a movie I knew wouldn't get nominated whatsoever. But a, just a personal favorite that I thought was worthy in a couple of places is a movie like Nine Days from Edson Oda. I thought um, the creativity of that existential slight science fiction, slight fantasy film. Uh, Winston Duke has a very good, at one point, you know, subdued finely tuned lead performance that swells into something very performance heavy and nicely done. You have Zanzi Beats doing one of the better supporting actress not, you know, moments of the year for me. And uh that's a brilliant little original screenplay where that's a little that's a tiny little engine that could horse in the back of the pack movie that I would have loved to see the Oscars give attention to. I knew it had no shot and that's okay. But I can't call that
0: stuff a snub. I I, I, I am so much glad much you, the, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that movie to the forefront. Hey Shay Hey, oh boy. Didn't
1: you see nine days, buddy? I definitely did. Didn't you see I, the I, I, I did. Yeah. I uh, I think I saw the premiere of it and um it was actually it was uh the grand jury kind of thing where they had mm-hmm. the, the jur- or the judges over at the screening and stuff. Even Hawk was there yeah. else? Uh shoot I forget her name. Jason Blum know. Um, but yeah, I, I've had some really in- interesting conversations, um, having to do with that movie in particular. I don't know if we want to get into it. Maybe I should just ask people to read my, my review, but I, I think I had a, a, I had a much different take on it just to, okay. just to keep it. In mind. <laughs> that is why I was so <laughs> glad that he brought that one up. So it wasn't glad ne- necessarily like a negative take. It mm-hmm. just wasn't for me, I think. Um, it's as far yeah. as like a debut film or like a, a filmmaker's like first actual like directorial debut. I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty impressive as like mm-hmm. a first movie.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, there's a slightness in that movie. That's, that's hard to really accept. Like it's, it's a slow burn with the old school tech and the, the unfleshed ideas of, are we in heaven? Are we in hell? Are we in purgatory? Are we in the, are we in the pre- area the pregame area like soul from pixar like where where's that movie projecting and going and i'm, I'm okay that a movie like that doesn't over explain its devices so to speak but um yeah it's smart beautiful debut and nice performances like, to do it in an ensemble way and a small tight little thing i, I enjoyed that but yeah no oscar hope of that
0: movie so. <laughs> there's one that did have an oscar hope and i'm kind of upset it didn't get a best picture nomination that was my and I'm gonna spoil this guy's my, when we did our top 10 of the year I gave this film my number one spot and that is the brilliant Chick tick boom
2: yeah yeah I, I and with the that skin while well, they expand that field to 10 and this is the first year they've ever gone to the full 10 there's definitely four or five spots of a of a saloon door that you can swing and put many other things in there like King Richard is a nice thing for Will Smith, but it's not a best picture thing. Uh, being the Ricardos is a writer's movie because that's Aaron Sorkin. That doesn't deserve a best picture nomination.
0: That um, is the worst movie of the entire pack that was nominated. Which one? King being Richard? the Ricardos.
2: Oh, being the Ricardos? I don't mind being the Ricardos, it's but mediocre. I'm a Sorkin
0: guy. Yeah. It's mediocre. I love Sorkin. I'm a West Wing guy. I love Sorkin. I love his writing. But the guy's- uh, Is best picture? Yeah. No, it's his worst directing job uh, of all of-
2: Yeah. It's only three, but yeah. It's true for that part.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's one for, th- he's two for three. That's a good batting average. I go well, good batting it. average, that yeah. One.
1: Yeah, over the Christmas break, I, I I was kind of, it kind of just happened where I watched it, watched the first half like five times because my mother-in-law and I, we really wanted to see it because we're both a fan of the original show. And it was so like loud and busy over Christmas that we ended up starting over the movie five times times and it just got worse and worse the more I was watching it and it got All to right. the point where we didn't even want to finish it. <laughs> Ooh.
0: Yeah I just I, I gotta agree with you there Shane <laughs> the biggest the biggest problem for me and I'm going to spell this out for people right now as a Latino man Javier Bardem is not Latino totally he's from goddamn Spain. Yeah Spain is in Europe
2: and he is I said it in like my podcast and where he he's uh 25 pounds of muscles and two octaves too low to be Desi Arnets like He's he
0: my just, height. Yeah, I'm but he, he
2: looks—he looks nothing of the part, and sounds nothing the part. I—I'll tip my hat to Javier doing his own singing, his own dancing, his own—you know—the performance aspects of that role. But it's it, no matter how much he does it, I, I hear. Javier Bardem down here, you know, and Desi is way
0: up here doing all <laughs> trippy things. De- and... Desi's way up here. Doing... Way
2: up here, yeah.
0: They call me Cuban Beach. I'm the king of the rumba beach.
2: Let him go, man, right there.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: And then Javier's down here, like, you know, as you know, Anton Shigur. duk boom duk boom you know, like, whoa. Exactly, Javier. exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. He's got that big bass voice. And then and, and the other thing is when you cast... An actress who's five foot ten to play lucy you have to do that mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know and i just i just don't understand it that none of the none of those guys have a shot against andrew garfield
2: anyway no, so. not um benedict cumberbatch does like, maybe denzel
0: maybe Denzel.
2: i see here, here i handicapped that field and you have i mean bardem doesn't deserve to be there and then you have um washington is there you have washington smith Cumberbatch and Garfield. To me, it's a two horse race between Cumberbatch and Garfield. Smith is there as a nice story, but he was better in the pursuit of happiness a long time ago. And the nomination is his reward for slumming it. These last couple of years, making really bad movies where, Hey, will let this get you, let this encourage you to go get to more parts. And then for Denzel, Denzel's reached kind of a Meryl Streep level where kind of everything he does is worthy of nominations. And they're just probably not going to give him the win. Now, some year will come where, Hey, we haven't given him an Oscar in 20 plus years. He probably needs one more to be the man. Even if it's a year where his his right. idol Sydney Portier has passed away and what a great thing it would be to, you know, the same night that Will Won his lead Oscar for training day Sydney Portier got his lifetime achievement Oscar on a night that you have Sydney Portier in the in memoriam section wouldn't it be nice if Denzel matches that again with another win but it won't be for this. It'll be Cumberbatch Garfield. So
0: listen, they gave it to Anthony Hopkins last year, and I couldn't fucking believe my eyes.
2: I, me too, me too. And I, 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 I don't mind. I mean, it's it's Chad, the ghost of Chadwick Boseman, losing to Anthony Hopkins on his best day. So I mean, it was a really good part for him. But it just out of nowhere. Picked, I just so. didn't.
0: I didn't. The father didn't grip me like I wanted it to, and that was my biggest
3: problem. And it, I thought it, it the theater it got
2: me a little bit, but yeah, it, I, me too. In the theater. So, um, but no, it's it's. It, it, you have to look at the, those acting awards as a place where you, you got to honor the performance itself, but at the same time, what's what's the bigger part of it? And in, in a way, that that's, that's just one more really good thing Anthony Hopkins has done versus a place to honor Bozeman for the best thing he'll ever do. And that, that's a missed opportunity even if the show overproduced it to think that moment was coming.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things for me really this year is that uh, Andrew Garfield should already have an Oscar for the social network uh, he lost to Christian right Bale he lost to Christian Bale I who know. wasn't in a supporting role who wasn't in a supporting role
2: true but Garfield's a long way I mean that's Jesse Eisenberg
1: I'm going to put my, my bets on Garfield because when you think about it like he just cannot get away from Oscar nominations yeah. like he sorely do it like what the Mel Gibson movie. Um, yeah.
2: Silence. He, saw him. he didn't like, deserve that, like that one either. But yeah.
1: I recently saw The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And that really was actually good. a quite interesting movie. He's yeah. Yeah. so good be that.
2: That might, be, yeah. the, that might huh? be the ingredient that puts him over the top. Is like, you've seen those years where there's that one performance that they're nominated for. But maybe there's that second one that boosts the resume a little bit. Like... In a way, you're, yeah, you're voting for Tick, Tick, Boom. But you're kind of also voting for the eyes of Fey, which is darn good from him. So, and, and then sometimes this is that moment the Oscars kind of is this the time to give it to him, or will they have they do that whole will they have more bites at the apple kind of thing where when they do that sometimes they wait too long like or they wait a a movie or two away from where they really should have won it like leonardo DiCaprio was was way better in the wolf of wall street than he was the revenant but that was the spot to finally give it to leo do we have to do that to either andrew garfield or benedict cumberbatch both are young enough that they're going to get more shots but is this the is that yeah and then so now you're between a veteran and an ingenue because andrew garfield's young enough to kind of still be you know, kind of where Emma Stone won a few years ago or, you know, other Alicia Vikander won a couple years ago where they're still in that young half where most of his career is ahead of him rather than behind him. Whereas Cumberbatch is kind of right in that middle age where is this well, the time to get him or is this the turn to give to Andrew? So
0: I would, I would also put in the other mixed ingredient, Don, and that is if you take Benedict Cumberbatch out of Power of the Dog, it's still a great movie. The cast is still giving some of their best performances, right? No, it is.
2: No. Uh,
0: either way, they're still giving <laughs> you need great him. performances, yeah. right? it's true but if you take out andrew garfield that tick tick boom it's a completely different movie his energy true. and true. everything that's that's not even a movie
2: yeah no it's, i it's think i think andrew i think andrew's performance just from performance to performance and i know you're measuring musical slash dramedy versus horror drama andrew just does more period you know and that 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 should outweigh a few things but coverbatch exactly. will coverbatch will be back again and I, andrew garfield will be back again whoever loses will not be worse for wear
1: no, they will not. And that, that's what's awesome about these back, sort of discussions. It.
2: What are you thinking, Chai?
1: They're, they're probably just going to be brought back anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. i go yeah. through the nomination. Go.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I completely agree with you. Now, guys, we talked about some snubs here, but mm-hmm. it's time for the PA's de Resistance, the main event of this evening. Shay came up with a great okay. idea. Shay, what was your idea? Tell them what it is so that we can get into it.
1: Oh. okay, so that's actually, uh, so I saw this movie and it's gonna be one of my choices, but how I came up with this idea, how I suggested it to Will was, um, I saw this movie and I ended up really, really liking it. I'm trying to show it to other people. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I always do. I, I do a little reading on every single movie that I watch. Um, so this movie in particular, I found out has actually been incredibly critically panned. And I was like, but what? This is a great movie. I need a platform to voice, you know, why I think it's great because, you know, reasons, evidence, construction, all that stuff. So I was just like, what if we look at movies that have been critically panned that we think deserve to be looked at differently, that we think are actual good movies? All right. So
0: that being said, and because I'm a gentleman, Shay, you're going to go first because you're the lady here.
2: Yes, please.
1: Ooh, oof. A gentleman. Anyway.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So as I always do, I like went through my entire INTV list. Uh it's really hard not to go overboard. Will was like choose two. And I was like, I have seven. So it was really hard to narrow it down between all of my favorites. I want to hear those
2: honorable mentions at the end.
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fine. And I, I tried choosing films that were more accessible to people maybe maybe stuff that people have more likely heard of um but there are also movies that i have mentioned in podcasts before so i'm not even gonna go there um but for my first choice the movie that actually motivated the topic for me was in the tall grass on netflix uh, one of the newer stephen king adaptations that he he wrote with his son and it's so cute and it's so great and it brings It rings true to Stephen King B-Horror, but at the same time, it brings so much, so much um, new, creative, fantastic, fun imagery that I just really enjoyed. And Will is shaking his head. He's rubbing his temple and he has a headache. Do you need an aspirin, Will?
0: Hit him up. Uh, After watching that movie, absolutely I did. I saw it at Fantastic Fest and I wanted to walk out.
2: Oh, man.
1: That's a damn shame. Don, have you seen it?
2: Mm-mm. No, I have not. I mean, so I know Patrick Wilson's there. I, you know, a couple years back, just I'm not much yeah. of a wh- I admit I'm a big pussy. I'm not much of a whore guy. So, it, it, yeah, it wouldn't be something that would cross mm-hmm. my path. But I want to hear the case that makes this something I got to go seek out and find.
1: I will defend this movie um, up my butt. I've actually seen it three times now. Oh um, that's God. how much I like it. And I have- <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I admit, I don't care if you think it's a bad movie because every... All my feelings about it are substantiated. There's stuff to think about afterwards. And it's not like it's a deep or complex movie or anything. It's not like some subversive A24, hereditary um, Saint Maud kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's not meant to be thought about that hard. It's children with corn um, meets time loop uh, shittery and all that. All right. And it's so much fun. The acting is absolutely fantastic. At first, I wasn't sure of it sure about it because Patrick Wilson is kind of the the headliner of the film he's Mm -hmm. kind of the most marketable person in the movie even though the entire cast is pulling so much even the child acting was on point in my opinion creepy little kid who also looks like a tiny adult man for some reason cool great casting Um, there's a lot of very typical very typical Stephen King elements but there were also some Things in the actual filmmaking that I noticed that actually like stayed true to the story elements and the narrative. Like when you listen to the soundtrack, the grass is literally talking and whispering at you. I was just like, "Oh, that's that's kind of a cool detail." Like stuff like having to do with the the mysterious church, the mysterious bowling alley stuff. There's little details that kind of help weave and keep hold the story together. Again, bringing it back to Patrick Wilson, though. Um, I am no stranger, and I don't think anyone really is at this point, to seeing Patrick Wilson in the creepiest, freaking roles, like Hard Candy. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Little Children. That was yeah. a great role. I yeah. love. I just love Patrick Wilson, and in this, like, he literally brings it all. But you kind of have to bring yourself also to the mindset of I'm watching a B movie. So of course, like, okay. this acting is going to be kind of indulgent. But at the same time, I feel like that uh, overstated performance that he gives is totally, like, reasonable within, like, the parallels of the universe. Like, the limitations, like, what is actually going on in the universe. And, like I said, the imagery, um, there's some really exciting fucked up imagery, which, Don, if you, you're not too crazy about horror movies, or if anyone isn't too crazy about I'll horror give it a movies, show. I don't <laughs> necessarily say this would be your cup of tea because there was some imagery where i literally had to stop and i had to think about it for a second and i was like did they really just do that you know it's all right an old it's kind of been done before as, as the concept but in the, how it was delivered in every aspect it did not fail for me okay case in point
2: so mm-hmm. so we're here with movies as william set up to be under 40 percent on rotten tomatoes and this one i'll i'll hit you up This one's 36, and the critics' consensus says a potentially intriguing premise is rapidly lost in the weeds during In the Tall Grass, which struggles to stretch its slim source material to feature length.
0: Do you think they stretched it? Do you think they stretched it,
1: Shay? Because I went in cold. I went in trying to find something to multitask to on Netflix. Um, So I came across that, but I kind of had give it all of my attention because the I don't know the pacing is different for me I noticed that the structure was a little different because where it takes you in the film is kind of unpredictable it is kind of windy and I could see how that displeases some people but when I went back through and I thought about the movie and I rewatched the movie I was actually this pacing actually makes a lot of sense and I thought it was pretty pretty tight pacing for me I didn't get bored I didn't get tired of watching it the few times I watched it. So, yeah, that's, right. that's how I, I'm sorry people got bored or whatever. And I could see how the source material could be thin, but again, it's like it's a Stephen King joint. Right. It's the best I, we can do.
0: I, I do want to say this, Shay. I was mm. sitting like four seats from Vicento Natale, and I was doing this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I know he saw me.
2: For the podcast viewers, Will is leaning over and rubbing his head in a distressing way of, what the fuck am I watching? What the fuck am I watching?
0: That's exactly it. Thank you for the narration, Don. That is exactly what I was going for with that book. Because that's exactly how I felt watching it. But I am. The thing about Shay is when she says stuff, I'll take her at her word.
2: Me too. Right here. I believe
0: her. I believe her. I've seen the movie. And the funny thing is, okay, so my son's mom loves the movie. So she's with you. All right i i disagreed with her so that's what's so funny now because again i am a gentleman Mm -hmm. don since you're the guest what's what's your first one
2: my first one is uh well i i also kind of knew this was february and valentine's day season so i went with romances both my movies are romances Uh, me too (laughs) Two romances that couldn't be more different, though. So the first one comes at twenty five percent in Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's from the Ooh. glorious year that I graduated high school, nineteen ninety seven. Um, I'm bringing forth Booty Call, Jamie yeah. Foxx's
0: <laughs> OG
2: Discovery movie here. I this movie, crack, I mean, I, I've learned since nineteen ninety seven just that that good sex farces are hard to find, especially nowadays where. It just either the 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 farce goes too dirty in a hurry because two years after this was American Pie and then everything had to be raunch 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 to the to the nth degree where it was just horn dog stuff all the time or just a horn dog to the level of just st- more of a stupid level than more of a we're really trying to you know make a relationship kind of eventually show up in the end of a raunchy movie and a sex farce and this one kind of does because you ha- I, I don't know if you will have you seen it
0: oh come on i'm from los angeles i saw that just checking in 2002 my friend
2: sure chai have you seen it
1: i have never even heard of it so you gotta sell me on this
2: all right all right so you have uh you have two it's like like a buddy sex farce here so uh tommy davidson of in living color skinny hilariously physical comedian um it's kind of in like a uh somewhat long-term relationship with his girlfriend uh played by tamala jones a nice actress who's been a good bunch of little things in tv ever since and um they're they're on a date and they're kind of at that point where like hey maybe it's time to have sex and she's really apprehensive about it he's really going for it they both bring a buddy to make a double date and kind of try to do a blind date and just kind of be the grenade that kind of is passed on the night to kind of help keep the two from going into bed with each other so tommy davidson brings his buddy named buns played by jamie fox and a young jamie fox who is just off the wall hilarious uncouth. you know just kind of tries to be slick but is in an uncouth kind of almost uneducated way and then uh tamala jones's character her kind of backup is the drop dead gorgeous one year after independence day vivica fox who is just gorgeous in this movie and They initially, you know, you have, she plays a character that's meant to kind of be uh, hot to trot and refined and wants a nice guy, almost probably a rich guy, just wants somebody really, you know, clean and sophisticated and all that. And then she's kind of forced on this date to kind of hang out with Bunt, a character who's just, you know, a guy who's going to play dice in the alley in the bathroom break at a restaurant. Yeah, You know, just, and, but as the night goes on, it ends up kind of being that like, you know, Tommy Davidson's character in tomorrow jones's character are kind of like yeah you know what it's time let's do it let's have sex but it like we're going to do it safely because it's the 90s so it there, it's this it becomes this late night in the middle of the night quest to like where can we find a condom where can we find dental dam it, it, it's hilarious where convenience stores are involved uh, and like it's one of those one wild night moments of what can go wrong will go wrong in the quest to kind of get laid but also get laid in a nice safe way so it's a sex farce about safe sex which is hilarious because the uh, the fun part is by the by the way the movie kind of develops vivica of course is going to you know kind of fall for jamie fox and jamie fox is going to you know approach vivica enough to make this happen and it's the we always get so close we always get so far we always fool around and mess around but we never culminate to the point because got to do it the right way and it's it's silly it's funny it's a good la movie and and at the time uh, Jamie Foxx was was a very unknown commodity, and he just comes in like a force of comedy. He he was known for his impressions back when he was a stand-up act, and here he is, like in bed. You know, Vivica Fox has this terrible thing where, like, it just opens the door for Jamie, where like, you know what I really love in bed is a man who does impressions. And so Jamie Foxx, while trying to just you grind and get in with vivica fox is starting to do bill cosby starting to do martin luther king starting to do all these impressions and it's just jamie fox unchained and having a blast that you that you will have never seen since and probably won't see again from jamie and he steals the show of this movie and the scenes scene after scene of the hijinks are hilarious will if you remember the footsie scene during it's so the car ridiculous game,
3: he's so ridiculous, ridiculous.
2: But it, but like the way the music goes, the way the camera goes between them and the way that like there's this little turn on moment. And these actors who are actors have to kind of like pretend that you're aroused by feet touching each other in a footsie kind of way. And the, the camera lets them go for it. And then the dog gets involved and Will knows where the scene's going. And it's just hilarious. Like if, if you needed a scene to get you into this movie, Chai, uh, do footsie oh. scene call on YouTube and just watch the five minutes of just high comedy. And it's, I, I love it. It's, it's a hilarious movie.
0: Let me just say before yeah. we see if it convinces you or not, this movie is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and it is hilarious. And I agree with you. I think that Tommy Davis is one of the funniest goddamn people oh, I've ever seen in my absolutely. life. Absolutely.
2: Underrated, too. Yeah. You know, it doesn't get enough credit for what he does.
0: And he still gets the whole thing stolen by Jamie Foxx. And Jamie Foxx is absolutely hilarious. It, it, it's really funny because during that time in the late 90s, there was a lot of. Uh, comedies like that featuring amazing black comedians that were so freaking hilarious pootie tang booty call Mm -hmm. don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice in the hood these things were all so damn funny and booty Call is one of the best of them i gotta gotta be honest with you don i wasn't expecting that
2: all right no
0: i i I, coming
2: and i tell you what as the as the old white man of the room here um i um the closest movie theater to me when I grew, I'm a gravel road dairy farm kid who now lives in Chicago, which is astounding to my friends and family. Who're like, "Oh my God, you live in the murder capital of the world?" Because everyone else is still milking cows. But uh, so the closest theater to me to see this movie was like the Black Theater down, you know, the next town over. So I go to the 9:30 Friday night premiere show. My buddy and I are the only two white people in the audience, and everything else is packed. Ready to see Tommy Davidson and Jamie Foxx. And it's one of the best, loudest, most raucous communal movie experiences good. I've ever had in my life. Hilarious
0: night. Great movie. Plays that's, big two crowd. That is a fantastic pick. Jay, what are you
1: thinking? Um, you had me at booty call. <laughs> so, right. That's right. a win. That's a W. Sounds yeah. <laughs> oh, one. That was um, I was down to watch silly, stupid comedies, you know? Um Mostly because of Landon, my, my partner, he's, he's really indoctr- indoctrinated me into the whole, like, 90s comedy. Yeah. Um, he's a big Adam Sandler fan. Um, I'm a big, I, I'm getting big into Medea right now.
2: Okay. okay. That's, a, that's, a, that's a rough road to go. Good luck.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a gravel road, that's my friend. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: God.
0: I'm so sorry that you have to deal with that, Shay. I'm so sorry.
2: But yeah, 1997's Booty Call. Celebrating its 25th anniversary. I write for a website called 25 Well. I guarantee before the year is over, I will write a nice 25-year retrospective piece on Booty Call, of all things.
0: I love that. I love that. And what I also love is that I, I chose a more contemporary film for mine.
2: First, my okay. first More one. contemporary than 1997.
0: Not hard to do. <laughs> not hard to do. No. My first film is Chris Evans's directorial debut, Before We Go. Which features a thirty six on, Tomato- on Rotten Tomatoes, the uh, twenty seven
1: on Rotten Tomatoes. Basically, it- she have you seen this movie? I've not even heard of it. I didn't Don. even know Chris had directed a movie. Exactly, Don. Uh, yeah. Have you seen it?
2: I have. As a, as a side note, on my little tiny website, every movie has a lesson. You know, before getting published and going to other things, this is the most read review on my in my website's history. For some, like this, I saw like the search. Results of like where the sources of that that post come from and the data on my website, like some Chris Evans fan blog has, and like and some like you know Reddit Reddit room has like passed my review around for a long time, like I like like I, I don't know thousands of views for just, of all the movies on my site, this is the most read review I have. Crazy. That happened
0: to us. That happened to us with Keanu Reeves and the first John Wick because we saw it two months in advance.
2: Uh, yeah, some yeah.
0: Keanu Reeves blog just passed it around, but it's not the most read review. You'd never fucking guess the most rated review in our website's history. People you wouldn't would guess, never the guess the
2: Evans one, so yeah. No,
0: but what this movie is, Jay, because I'm going to set the scene for you. Chris Evans plays a busker in Grand Central mm-hmm. Station. Alice E. plays a businesswoman just trying to get from Boston to New York. She misses her, her train from Boston to New York. This busker, played by Chris Evans, helps her. But she's trying to get back to New York before her husband does. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. we have a night full of shenanigans between these two very handsome people uh doing very romantic things uh the, the best scene in the movie is the wedding scene
2: yeah good one without
0: a doubt without a doubt and this movie i swear to god is so much better than the 27 that rotten tomatoes has it at and it says here for the consensus chris evans's directorial debut is modest to a fault with a threadbare story and minimal styling leaving his and alice eve's likable performances adrift in new york city with nowhere to go i completely disagree
2: yeah, I'm with you there. You know, um, I know a lot of people gave it the knock of being like Linklater Light, you know, and it is modest, but you know what? There's a place for modest and, and Chris can play that to a T, so it, it works.
0: Listen, Chris Evans is so good at the modest romantic lead. He did another one with Jenny Slate a few years ago that was also quite good. I can't remember the title right now where he has a daughter. Gifted. 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 Yeah, great movie. movie. Another, another slight performance, modest performance from Chris Evans. When the guy has to rein it in, he is very good still. And here he reigns it in. He he plays almost like, you guys have seen um, Once, right? Yeah. He plays that Glenn Hansert type role, but with a much more leading man feel because he's so damn Very handsome.
2: Much. Oh, I know.
0: Now, <laughs> I know this is a hard sell because, Shay, I don't know if you're going to like this movie or not, but I love it. Don loves it. We love this movie.
2: Yeah, I'll help you on this one. I mean, if you do like, and it, it it's, it's an easy 95 minutes where,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know, it, if you if you like, I, I know it's a knock, but at the same time, it's a compliment to me is if you like a Richard Linklater before series kind of film where walk and talk, find out about each other, you know, slow play the the attraction, uh, will they or won't they vibe Some to music. It. Yeah. And the music is very good, too. So, um, yeah, if, if you if you like that vibe of like, well, can a couple figure it out? Should a couple figure it out? And where will the night take them? and because to me not a stitch of that movie is predictable maybe the pace is predictable but at the same time you have the the open-endedness of new york and where these two very attractive characters can go and they don't go to places you think they would it's not a a a, a hopscotch of tourist things like oh let's go ice skate in rockefeller center oh let's go get a famous sandwich or something like that it's all under i don't want to say underbelly of new york because it's not that seedy or anything but it's all this um you know underneath things of just the affluenceness that she can reach or the stuff that he knows and it works all right
0: there's a there's there's a there's an underlying normality to all the situations they get themselves into totally everything is just normal people shit and it's mm-hmm. these two awesome freaking characters falling in love and you're falling in love with them and it's just i love that ride that's and yeah. and Shay, you know me girl I'm a romantic guy at heart. I love romantic comedies; they are my specialty. So when I saw this movie, I could not help but fall in love with it, and I hope you will too, Shay. What do you
1: think? Um, I think I'm sold. At least I'm watching it. I don't know whether or not I like it because, as far as romance romance movies go, I'm usually pretty pretty on and off. But I can I can appreciate a good like stripped down romance where. As far as what I get from what you guys are describing, something mm. more genuine, and yeah. we always we always have that genuine that genuine romantic tension yeah. and all that. Even from smaller movies that I thought I would end up hating, I've had that experience where it's just like, oh, I actually don't mind watching these two people kind of have that. Romantic tension, but at the same time, they're just like interacting with each other, but it feels mm-hmm. so real. So, I like that. I'm, I'm sure I'll enjoy it.
2: Yeah. I like what William said, where there's some normalcy of you, you. You have to ask yourself, what would you do in that situation? Male, both at the male end or the female end. Like, if you're a male, would you step out and ask somebody for, you know, to be a good Samaritan to ask for a little bit or, you know, provide a little bit of help? Um, As a woman, would you accept that from just some busker in New York? And how cautious would you be with it? How far would you take the guy around? And like, could how much could you keep that magnet? How much magnetism would be there and how much generosity would be there? And it plays really well. Listen,
0: if the busker, if I'm a woman and the busker looks like Chris Evans, whatever you want, baby boy.
2: I know. Or if a lost woman looks like Alice Eve, hey, girl, what you need, you know?
0: What do you need, girl? Whatever you need, girl, I will supply. You need drugs? You need alcohol? What you need, girl? Alice Eve's a handsome woman. She really Mm is.
2: Chai, are we back to you in pick number two? Woo!
1: Let's see what you got. I suppose so. Uh, I gotta make this one a good one and... uh, this was on accident, but like you, Don, my choices also have a theme for them. Uh, so the last film that I chose was a Stephen King movie. The next film that I'm choosing is also a Stephen King movie and I did not do that on purpose at all. But uh, I thought I should bring this up because apparently now it's relevant again. And I chose uh, Drew Barrymore's masterpiece of uh, a performance, Firestarter.
3: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, yes. I, I don't know why. I don't know what it. I, I was actually talking uh, with Landon about it today. And it, it feels something out of like a childhood dream where your family has these superpowers. And then this little girl, she has these superpowers. Drew Barrymore is Drew Barrymore as a kid. Like that's, that's pretty much all you have to expect from her performance. Girl does her very best. She throws everything into it. She's crying like every other scene, like it looks absolutely like exhausting to be Drew Barrymore in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. but I I love the father character. He was just like one of those very handsome Jeff Bridges, Starman-esque, dopey oh, ass. Okay. Uh, but he he's pretty charming somehow. And then you just you just follow him and his daughter on the run from the government, trying not to bow down to them and uh, be test experiments. And then I see James is in the chat. <laughs> Guys, right. we have a special
0: okay. special appearance for James. He's in the middle of something, but say hi,
3: James. Hello. Hello, everyone. How is everybody doing?
2: So far so good, James.
3: Oh. You handsome so far, bastard. So have I dropped it in any of uh, any spicy discussions or uh, what am I what's what am I dropping in?
0: We're talking We've about got... the Pro- the prodigy song Firestarter. I'm just kidding, we're talking about the movie Firestarter. Oh,
3: yeah. What uh, am what I is... saying? I have never heard of it. I will add it to my watch list. Chai, um, oh, I will add it to my watch list. It is yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds very nice.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. so it, they're actually, they've actually already made a remake too. Um, mm-hmm. I saw an ad trailer for it on my YouTube, just out of the blue, um, by happenstance, and uh, no surprise, it looks severely cheesy, incredibly disappointing. But at the same time, I love the original Firestarter movie so much. It's just like so cheesy, such a like a comfort eighties sci-fi action movie with a bunch of tough pyrotechnics involved.
2: Yeah, I'm one of those good people facts, who though. actually
1: but... really likes watching.
2: Yeah, good fact Watching
1: so, like that. this That's little just... girl just go. hmm <laughs> <laughs> She literally <laughs> stops. <laughs> <and laughs> what like it's... visible lasers come out of her eyes and she watches people burn to death right that's metal
3: of hell that's not... let's just say
2: it's the movie that that's turned really drew in Barrymore into the weirdo she was for a long long time
0: listen i don't know what kind of drugs they gave her on that set but they the 90s thank her for
2: it yes i agree oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We'll i see that di- i see that the director of that movie went on right after this to make commando and blew more shit up which is
3: perfect so and commando is a goddamn classic Mm-hmm. It is indeed. I will, I that I have seen, and I will second that. alrighty folks, I'm going to drop out, but you guys continue the discussion, and I really hope to join you guys next time. We, uh, we're,
0: we're, I can't wait to tell you about the theme because I've already booked the guest for next month, Thomas.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. Qué bueno. Qué bueno. What's the Esta, theme? Es,
0: es, 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 <laughs> es, es, eres un supriso, yeah?
3: Ah, uh, okay. See. <laughs> See. I. Right. Uh, yeah, hasta luego. I, I I shall. I will uh, I will I will be back. See, I I love you guys. To... <laughs> so a little bit of Spanish coming out of there, Don. Mm-hmm. You understood
0: most of that? No, not at all. <laughs> I knew that. Four, knew four years of high
2: school Spanish and none of it stuck. Sorry.
0: Uh, 20, oh, 30, 34 ago. 34 years of authentic brownness, baby. There you go. <laughs> He said i'm dead love you guys that's what james just texted me so he loves us uh great job james we love you too buddy Shay, continue
1: um yeah that's pretty much it uh but yeah this one has a 37 percent on rotten tomatoes the you guys really you're high.
2: picking these high ones huh you're picking these high ones just skirting under the so. 40.
1: i okay so my honorable mentions are are yes. much lower They're also quite obscure so i i wasn't sure about choosing them but i was surprised i thought mine would be the stinkiest ones out of all of ours what are they yeah let's hear them oh uh my honorable mention so i gotta i gotta think about them at the top of my all from the top of my head but two of them are actually Harmony the movies so uh i was almost going to mention gummo which has a 37 percent um and then there's also julie's hockey boy which I don't know if anyone has ever seen.
2: No.
1: no. It's Lost a deeply disturbing. movie about- a You don't say. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, I've seen it a couple times and it, it leaves me deeply disturbed every time. But at the same time, it's just, Harmony Kareem does this whole thing where it's kind of just, he chooses characters, builds them up and then they just kind of go about their lives and then he kind of follows just different things that happen in their lives. Um, and I, I get why people absolutely hate that movie. I almost chose Trash Humpers, but then I realized that there's not really any value to Trash Humpers at all. So I left that, that one
0: out. That, that is the correct take, yes.
1: Yeah, it is the correct <laughs> take. I made, I made a good decision. <laughs> on that you did, one. You, you really did. Um, and then uh, my last honorable mention was uh, this movie called Offspring. And that one was my lowest one. I think it was in the 20s. If you guys don't know it, it's a horror movie about cannibals and it's one of the most random trilogies you'll ever see, but I think it's actually a fantastic movie about like real cannibals, but also like kind of on the level of movies like Teeth talking about and um, criticizing American culture you you maybe you've heard of the woman too that one was a sequel and okay. the uh, the lead actress Pollyanna she's absolutely amazing as. Uh, as a, portraying this terrifying cannibal woman who will like kill and eat absolutely everyone, and it's amazing. And yeah, those are my pickaroos.
0: I all don't right. know what that last one is, but I kind of want to see it. There you go.
2: You
1: should. You should see it because uh, Pollyanna, the lady who played the cannibal, the main cannibal lady, uh, she actually directed the third movie in the the trilogy as well. And I I watched it and I thought it was fine.
3: All <laughs> it's right. all right. Fine.
1: <laughs> it was all right
0: the, the other ones are traster pieces but these are fine
1: right
0: these are fine john what you got yeah. uh pick
2: number two let me double check where i'm at because i was going to get this to 2 a score all right um i had one honorable mention that wasn't romantic but it actually had the same 16 score that my pick is going to do so i'll i'll drop my honorable mention at the same time chai is um i was going to do masters of the universe the uh he-man movie of the oh. 80s it's awful It's a terrible movie, but I was, but I, but I'm that kid of the eighties. Like He-Man was mainline, you know, kid Saturday morning cartoon crack for me, the action figures and all where I, they could, even if the He-Man movie was bad and it was, I, I was all for it. I was like, couldn't wait to see it. I was, you know, Dolph Lundgren was a big hunk of meat and it was fine. And Frank Gangella's chewing scenery all day and Skeletor movie's terrible. I can't defend it, but that was an honorable mention down there in the team. So. No, my real pick, uh, staying in the romance category, um, and it was from, uh, again, I, I got to go back to high school. Uh, so this is, uh, let me see here, double check. Yeah, uh, 1996, the year before Booty Call. I'm going with um, a teen crush of mine, Sarah Michelle Geller. Give me Simply Irresistible.
0: Oh, good one. Uh, good pull, Don. I like
2: it. It's a terrible movie, so but I like it. It's a terrible movie. Um, Yeah, it, it's uh, a... <laughs> There's elements of this movie that are very redeemable because there's some cuteness and there's some, um, I don't want to say full, uh, yeah, I could say it like this. Uh, there's like a a nice, chaste, PG, charming romance that's in there that if you were to shoot it 60 years before and put it in black and white and remove some of the BS ninety stuff, it would play like a really good, good screwball comedy uh, of of you know very creative and romantic proportions and uh so Chai, have you heard of this one
1: absolutely not
2: no <laughs> oh, all right so sarah michelle Geller in her in her buffy the vampire slayer prime and right off of uh, God, uh it's i full know what she buffiness. it's full What's
0: buffiness that? it's that full buff. well she plays
2: a sliver of buffiness in this movie like it, she has actually gone on record to say this is her least favorite film she's ever made um but this wow. is like this is like 2 months before cruel intentions came out which really played off of her buff buffiness charm. so uh she plays a struggling uh restaurant owner and chef like in queens or manhattan and uh you know, and she finds out that she is kind of a witch and and has magical powers where the her emotions go into the food that she cooks and the people that eat that food uh take on those emotions in the moment. Uh, So if she's having a a bright, fluffy, and amazing day and someone eats the the quiche that she made, they all of a sudden... Can't control themselves, also turning bright and fluffy and amazing. And if she eats something sad, they uncontrollably feel sad. And she kind of catches the eye of and gets super swooned by Sean Patrick Flannery from the boondock Saints as like the love interest. And he's like this department store manager, slickster, who's really nice and not a not a a bad guy at all, but he's he he doesn't understand how much he's uncontrollably drawn to her when it's really the magic that's doing the pulling and there's this the terrible parts of this movie are like you have your like black 90s sidekick character who's not you know like oh you know token minority buddy uh and then there's this weird magical crab that's kind of the source of her power that when he's around this magic happens and that part's just dumb because it's like this little prop it can kind of sort of move just a little bit and and then they have like a little cramp like sound effect it's really bad um but when the movie's romance is on and this is like uh i think this was like amanda pete's big screen debut too where she plays this bitchy girlfriend character for sean patrick flannery that ends up getting tossed aside because Sarah michelle geller is hotter and more adorable uh, but no, the movie is really adorable because it all kind of culminates in the will they or won't they. And it's a very meat cute situation of a, of a romantic comedy. Um, uh, she's commissioned by him to put on this big lavish dinner party at the, at the, at the Gimbel's department store. And um, that's the kind of the big night where all the magic comes together. And the scene that is that big last dinner. One, the food looks Fucking phenomenal, where like drool worthy phenomenal. There's these caramel eclairs that are like the romance vibe food that comes out multiple times in the movie, and it you just die to have to try them. And, um, but like the food looks good, and then like as the scenes happen, like there's this like the soup that lets off the mist, and then the whole dance hall catering room starts to fog up and the music lifts and people start to dance because they're all uncontrollably drawn by these emotions that come out when when from her cooking and it really is kind of a a slow glossy old school uh 30s level romance that in a different you know played at 1.25 speed and you take out the crab it would play really good as a as a screwball comedy of the 30s where stewart and hepburn could do that sort of thing and it would be charming as fuck i i i dig the movie it's it's sweet it's cute um food's really cute and uh, irresistible in that kind of way and uh yeah but it's 16 in, in and you know a, a very 90s just weak movie so
0: listen it it's it's a it's it's a weak movie because it has a weak script but the performances are way better than that script are and yeah. i i actually really like this movie that's a good pick and this, this, this should just show you how big of a connoisseur I am of the romantic comedy. I have seen every, every single one of these picks. Yeah. <laughs> I love the romantic comedy. Uh, it's my, one of my favorite genres. And so I have seen Seriously Irresistible. That's a great pick. Sarah Michelle Gellar, cute as can be. Sean Patrick Flannery, uncontrollably charismatic in this movie.
2: Handsome, handsome devil, man. Handsome devil.
0: Handsome devil. So charismatic. And I, I love that pick, Don. So good. Shay, what you thinking, girl?
1: Oof. Uh, that's a that's an iffy one that's a hard sell for me my yeah. friend but um you know what never judge a book by its cover right
2: no no, no. you should I,
1: certainly judge this book by its cover absolutely
2: right it actually has really good like art and like it's you know it, it's original title was called vanilla fog it the costumes and the in the pinks and the colors are, are really good but it's very it's still kind of 90s feminine, like she doesn't have a lot of you know, quote unquote agency, she's just kind of serendipitously, you know, skipping by on this magic, trying to get the guy. And like, is that, that that's the only thing that matters in her life? And it's kind of weak for that, but um, but no, su- super charming. If again, if I send you to YouTube, find uh, just look up Carmel E. Eclair's Simply Irresistible, and you watch like because like Patricia Clarkson's in this movie, uh, who's uh, the guy, um, he played uh. Con- Kirk Connors in the Toby Maguire Spider-Man movies. Um, super duper good character actor. Uh oh, I forget what his name is. But um, you have some pro character actors who are just whose job is there just to kind of play the saucy sidekicks and to half fall in love, but then nod and then overreact to all the emotions that happen from the cooking. And it, it's it's easy. It's an easy 90 minute movie again as well. So, but low, it's 16. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a ways down there.
1: Would you say, like, at a whole, it makes for a great comfort watch?
2: I I think so. Yeah, you know, when you throw in the food and the sweetness of the romance, because it is—I want to say—it's like PG chaste. Like, I don't. If it's PG thirteen, it's because of like probably one semi dirty joke about belts and suspenders and you know penis size or something like that. But the rest of it's like pretty squeaky clean. You know?
0: Yeah, I had. Uh, I, I think it's very much a comfort watch. You know what's funny? My both of my honorable mentions are honorable mentions because they didn't qualify, oh. barely, barely.
2: What do you mean by didn't qualify? Like didn't have rotten tomato reviews or something?
0: They they are both forty three and forty two percent, so they weren't low enough. Ooh, okay, okay. Qualify. My first one is an absolute nineties teen comedy classic. She's all that.
2: Uh, that's a good one, and it's in the forties.
0: Forty two.
2: Okay. Dargonwood. Going
0: back to your earlier point about the sex comedies of the 90s, I picked one that was actually that actually came out in 1999 and is a personal favorite of mine, 43% on Rotten Tomatoes, Get Over It.
2: Yeah, that's a good pick. Nice call there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Does not qualify because it is under. The one I went with, oh, <clears throat> I can't wait to talk about this one. The one that I went with currently has a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes.
3: 4. 4, Four.
2: single digit 4.
0: It is directed by the lovely television director Nicole Cassell, who has done so much good work in television. It stars an Emmy winner and an Oscar nominee. It is called A Little Bit of Heaven.
2: I have to A remember this one. Heaven. Hold on here. Don't Going worry, to the I'll other 10. I'll
0: fill you guys in. Yeah. Don't worry All about
2: it. Right. You, you keep talking. All right. I'm in.
0: So A Little Bit of Heaven stars Kate Hudson, who's an Oscar nominee, and Uh, Gael Garcia Bernal, who won an Emmy for Mozart in the, in the, in the, whatever the fucking, Mozart in the Park is what it was called, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Kate Hudson plays a woman who is diagnosed with terminal cancer. Her doctor, played by the strapping young and handsome Gael Garcia Bernal, is her doctor. He falls in love with her doctor because she's got nothing to lose by falling in love with this handsome doctor. It is one of the first times I ever saw a Hispanic man in the lead role of a romantic comedy.
2: Yeah. And, and uh, let's see here, 2012, awesome. that'd be a, a, yeah, that's a distant shot for Gal Garcia Burrell. So, but yeah.
0: Exactly. I see, you, have an,
2: you also have an Oscar winner in this movie. You got Kathy Bates in here.
0: Yes, you do. <gasps> Kathy Bates. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Ooh, so man. when I tell you that your boy brought it with this last pick, I was not kidding. Four. 4% yeah, on right. Rotten Tomatoes right now. The consensus of this film, and this is a direct quote, a little bit of heaven subjects viewers to a whole bunch of schmaltz and stands Kate Hudson and Gael Garcia Bernal in a fatally misguided film. Give me all the mm. schmaltz. I am a huge fan of Frank Capra and all his crap. I love schmaltz and I love my schmaltzy romantic comedies and that's what this is and it's so goddamn good and I love it and honestly... You know where the film is going from start to finish, okay. but I don't care. I don't care. I just don't give a shit. Hmm. That's
1: a hard sell, Will. That's, That's a harder
0: a hard... sell than
2: mine, because mine at least has food and flighty cuteness. But that, ooh, I don't know, man. Ooh. Mine has.
0: Mine has a foot and fancy free commitment phobe falling in love with a handsome doctor.
2: Where we've not seen that before. Come on now.
0: Exactly. <laughs> she's, and she's dying of colon cancer. Anyway.
2: Oh, I that, that should say a lot right there. Just the most sitters. romantic
0: of all cancers. Oh,
2: totally. Totally.
0: <laughs> anyway. Right
2: there with testicular cancer. Totally. Yeah.
0: Yes, but Kate Hudson oh, can't wow. get testicular cancer, so there's that.
2: <laughs> Can she, though? Come on. No. All right. Yeah, you're good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Also, <laughs> also, also, Peter Dinklage is in this movie. No way. I just want
1: to point get that out. Over. This cast, the 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 cast lineup is crazy.
2: I'm reading over. It? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Really over.
1: I'm really I'm probably gonna watch the trailer after we log off. Yeah. Because same here. It's four percent.
2: It almost demands to be seen. Like, wait a minute, how four percent I can it be? <laughs> and,
1: yeah. I, and when I tell you,
0: when I tell you that I love, I don't, it I don't love the movie, obviously, because it's not a good movie. Mm -hmm. but it's awesome it's just a comfort movie you just turn it on you're like i'm gonna go do the dishes turn it on watch it while you're doing the dishes laugh a little bit watch gael garcia bernal be super handsome it's just awesome
2: you've got some under the title talent here too like uh russell carpenter is a a good cinematographer Mm -hmm. ann roth is a gorgeous Mm -hmm. costume designer nicole Uh,
0: cassell is a great television director yeah look at her resume
2: Hey, Tor Pereira doing, you know, obviously his Spanish flavored music and he does nice work because I'm trying to think what's his big stud movie. Um Hater Pereira. Oh, he does all the minions and oh never mind. He's devolved his career greatly since 2012. So never mind.
0: Yeah. But the point is there's a lot of talent they're making this movie, and I think I really hmm. think that people should check it out just because it's such a weird spin on the classic romantic comedy spin. Okay. And I, I now I would never make this a fresh movie. It definitely deserves to be a Rotten Tomatoes movie, okay, a Rotten good. movie. But it doesn't deserve four percent. Maybe forty, but not four.
2: That's a tough one. No, um yeah, I had I realized I had one more. Honorable mention, but like you, it was like just barely under 40, where I'm like, I can do better. It was uh I stayed in the sex farce thing, kind of like you're going here. I did 40 days and 40 nights from 02 with I love
0: that one. Good one. Yeah, Shannon's yeah. awesome and so pretty in that movie. Good oh, god,
2: gorgeous in that movie, yeah. Oh, drop dead gorgeous. But 39 I'm like, I can do lower and better than that. So
0: good god. She, I'm just in love. I am in love with her in wrist cutters. If you've never seen wrist cutters, a love story is one of my favorite movies.
1: Oh, I need to watch that one.
0: You should. Tom Waits is in it. <gasps>
1: uh, I
0: love Tom Waits. I knew you would oh. love that. Yep. Yep. Tom Waits and Patrick Fugit are both are, are, are both in it. And Will Arnett plays Jesus, basically. <laughs> See the it's movie. It's point. it's fucking awesome. Shea Wiggum plays a grumpy uh, dead gypsy. It's fucking amazing. I I love that movie so much. Uh, it, basically, I'm gonna give you this analysis, even though I shouldn't. Basically in Risk Cutters, Patrick Fugit tries to kill himself after his girlfriend dumps him and he goes to the land of in between where people can't smile and everybody's an asshole.
2: Hmm. So well, when you kill yourself life. California you got it. No.
0: <laughs> yeah, when you kill yourself you don't go to regular, <laughs> ha- regular hell or heaven, you go to an in between world. So everybody in this world is dead and they're all killed themselves. Huh. That's all I'm going to give you because the movie's fucking amazing. It's on Amazon Prime so you guys can check it out right now cutters is a love story. It's so good. Also, little bit of heaven. Check it out because it sucks balls and it's awesome.
2: I've got to look oh up my if my movies are even available. Let me kind of peruse for the audience people who are like, can you can you find those movies? Simply so, so irresistible. You guys keep talking. I'll keep searching.
1: You can definitely
0: find in the tall grass on Netflix, right, Jay?
1: Oh yeah, it, I think it was a Netflix original actually.
2: So for me, a, simply go ahead.
1: sorry i I definitely well you know you go ahead it's nothing (laughs) what are you gonna say don
2: no both of i had to look both of my movies are available streaming on stars for those folks who have though that shingle of stuff
1: i do stars i'm gonna watch simply irresistible tonight you would
0: Uh, i would actually yes i'm gonna watch simply irresistible tonight (laughs) also if you guys don't know this if you guys like like, really good independent cinema get showtime because they have they have a contract with a twenty four
2: there you go. I'm there not. Go. I'm not dropping my dime for Showtime though. I'll, I'll stick to the crappy stuff that's on Tubi.
0: Hey, the apartment is on Tubi. How dare you?
2: I know. Well, <gasps> they. I mean, they they scatter every now and then a, a random like, holy cow, that's on Tubi.
0: You know, yeah. And the apartment's one of my top five favorite movies of all time, and it's on and it's pick. on Tubi, so I watch it all the time with the commercials.
1: Mm-hmm. Billy Wilder is one of the greatest filmmakers that nobody talks about.
2: Not anymore. It's it's a shame about yeah. him.
1: I talk
0: about him all the time. Shay will tell you I talk about him incessantly. I love Billy Wilder. Yeah. Holy no, shit. No, I talk
1: about him all the time too because no one no one really knows about him, but they know all his movies. Like I was talking to my partner the other day and I was going down the list of all my favorite Billy Wilder movies. He was like, oh, I've seen that one. I've seen that one too. I didn't know he directed some Like It Hot. Um, they, double Identity."
0: He's getting a whole chapter in my book.
3: Oh, yeah. book. Good.
0: So, Don, can I tell yeah. you this right now? And I'm going to spring this on the audience because I never told them this. Right now, I'm working on a book about the history of the romantic comedy.
2: Now we're talking.
0: Throughout cinema. And it's creation. It's the way it's changed with the times. Mm-hmm. The way it is, one of the only yeah. genres that has been there since the beginning of a film and Definitely. still is going on and has changed with the time from the screwball comedy to the sex comedies of the 70s and 80s yeah. to the really lame 90s teen comedies to the mid-2000s. Uh, By the book stuff to the the modern renaissance which started i believe in 2010 with 500 days of summer
3: yeah
2: yeah i just watched two this week of fair to middling results but they're, they're they're trying they're still out there you know it's hard because i feel like those are the kind of movies that have could be big screen communal experience appeals like we're talking about movies that we watched in the big screen in our time but like they're also the kind of budgeted movies that probably especially in the blockbuster time and we're in the covid where I, I think it's going to be hard for a romantic comedy to make it to a big screen when people will just turn them on on Netflix the way they do Christmas movies on Lifetime. So, Listen, so hard, it's tough.
0: I I love romantic comedy so much. I made Shay go see one with me at Sundance 2020. I made her go see Dinner in America because it was my favorite movie of that. And it's a romantic mm-hmm. comedy, is it not, Shay? Oh,
1: that was a different breed of one, though. That one was a different breed. And it oh, what an amazing movie. That's what the thing is- it's it just that's what yeah. that's how that genre works though, Shay. It yeah. doesn't,
0: it's not one that thing. Director so
1: still one. Owes me five bucks. I he won that bet.
0: You. He does still you five. You know what? I'm gonna text him later and I'm gonna tell him you stole that he stole you money.
1: Drop his number? Is yeah. Still? Yeah. Oh my god. So the director, cute story. Uh we got to meet up with the director. We interviewed him and he looks at me and he says, five bucks, you're gonna cry uh at the end of the movie i'm like i'll take you up on that bud um yeah, and i think i
2: will right bring and it right Fuck,
1: i will i'm gonna hold on my tears back on purpose get who cashed me outside like he did not cash me
2: <laughs> right I, he's way I, bigger I won than
1: those you where adam he did <laughs> adam raymeier if you're mm-hmm.
0: listening to this you owe her five dollars also unless it's black bear she did not cry at any of the films at sundance
1: I didn't cry. I don't know if I cried at Black Bear.
0: You did. You told me. You told me.
1: Oh, okay. I I was really phased out for that one. No one, it's so dumb. I feel like I I just have such specific experiences with movies sometimes. Sometimes because everyone was like so cold on that movie, but I was like,
0: this is the greatest movie of the year. I want to give a shout out to Shay because Black Bear just hit streaming. It's on Hulu and Paramount+. Plus. Both of those streaming services allow you to watch the trailer before. I would say don't watch the trailer, but also maybe do because Shay's quote is in the trailer.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's funny because I think I I said specifically in my review to go and call, but in this case, I do I do allow you v- viewers to look at the trailer. It's very important, very important, very information.
3: important.
2: Yeah, Blackbird, Ra- Black Ra- not a bad movie, not a bad movie. I feel like it ran out of juice on the third try of its. Cyclical thing, but nah st- stunning little premise that goes in different places. But ironically, had, I like
3: the third awesome by best.
2: the end. Third segment goes for more, more things than the other ones, but it still felt like once where they started to where they landed. I'm like, ah, I don't know if that's Listen, a big leap. But they had I that like third segment movie, is the, the big party. I, yeah.
0: I like a movie with a sack on it, Don, And that movie has a sack on that it.
2: That counts as a sack. Definitely. Yeah, definitely.
0: That that movie has a pair <laughs> of nuts on yeah. it. Yeah. There, there's
2: non-conformity in a movie like that, and I can tip my hat to that for sure.
0: I like anarchy. <laughs>
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I, but, well, but, but again, when I could watch a movie and have no idea what's about to go on and mm-hmm. it starts out where you're just like, what the hell am I watching? Why am I still watching this? You know, yeah. you starting go. out oh. movie, not trying not to give too much away. The first half is basically you're watching a, a really uncomfortable, really poorly portrayed conversation uh but like this weird dinner party thing going on and then it spirals from there and then it just like like it uh, it makes a total 180 so i yeah it's i don't know it's it's movies like that like suicide club where i i end up like being caught up in the first half and thinking all these negative things writing down like oh i hate this movie and then afterwards it gets me i and then i get the message and i'm just like whoa "Whoa." there's that that like satisfaction that adrenaline it got me that movie got me and that movie did definitely get me real good. and
0: see cool. while we're discussing movies i interviewed people for another movie that caught me last year was mark and mary and some other people
2: i don't know that Oh,
0: uh, it's a romantic comedy about this couple they're a young couple uh, they're basically ben rosenfeld and i forget the the young lady's name i interviewed her she's brilliant uh they are married and they want to have a polyamorous marriage they want to open up their marriage but they realize that there are pitfalls to that. And it's actually directed by Hannah Marks, who's in Dinner in America. And it uses the same Mac DeMarco song, My Kind of Woman, that is in Dinner in America in a pivotal scene. And uh, I swear to God, if you have not seen, I saw it at South by Southwest, and if you're, or Tribeca, one of those two. If you have not seen Mark and Mary and some other people, see this damn thing. It's so good. I had a, the opportunity to, Interview the wonderful and lovely lead actors um, of the film. And I can tell you right now, I also interviewed Hannah, the director, and asked her about that using, using that Some Kind of Woman uh, song. And she said she used it before they did, and they stole, her, they stole the idea, and she did it laughingly. But the biggest point for me of this movie was that the whole score and all the music, because he's the, the, both the composer and music supervisor, was Patrick Stump, the lead singer of Fallout Boy. Nice. Oh, God. Shut up, Jay. Let's watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh Ben Rosenfeld and Haley Law. Haley Law's amazing. If you haven't seen Spontaneous, she plays the best friend in Spontaneous, which is a really awesome little tiny movie that came out last year, is which was also good. Check out uh Mark and Mary and some other people. I am not being paid to say this, but you should do it anyway.
2: I hear the coins <laughs> dropping in the thing. you're being paid. <laughs>
0: Shut the fuck up, <laughs> No, I genuinely talked about this last month when we were talking about our favorite films of the year. I did mention this film amongst my favorite films of last year as well, um, but not, it wasn't good enough to get one of my top ten spots. But it was—it was definitely an honorable mention in my book, and I really enjoyed the movie, guys. Uh, but that—that's been our discussion about really bad movies. Uh, you guys should check out all six of these movies and tell us how much you hate each and every each and every single one of them.
3: Yep,
2: and if you get time, throw a few loves thing. You know, throw a few ways you love it too, but. You might hate them all. It's true.
0: No, no, this is the internet. You know, you know that the, the negativity sells.
2: Oh, true. That's why we're all here.
0: This is the internet. <laughs> like, this is how it works. You think people read the comments for the good stuff? No, nah, they read the true. comments for the nasty slurs that I get called all the time. Get out of here.
1: <laughs>
0: That's how it works. That's how the internet works. True. Damn it. <laughs> right now. we've got our main discussion out of the way, but I'm going to hit you guys with a curveball. All right. Because it's my show and I do whatever the hell I want. Oh, oh, damn. We had a good time talking about what we talked about, but I wanted to, since Don wasn't here last month, Don, I wanted to get your opinion on
3: something. All
0: right. What was your favorite film of 2021?
2: You know me from the feeling film discussion group where I'm a different guy between the word favorite and the word best. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's why I didn't ask you your best film. That's right.
2: Favorite, 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 favorite. favorite. I'll go all, I'll go a favorite film that is all on here. The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. That's
0: a good pick. That's a great, yeah. It's a pure, just
2: yeah, yeah, it's a pure sweet little favorite. The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Amazon
0: Flick, guys. It's on Amazon Prime. Check it out. It's so fucking cool. It yeah, is. if i'm going loop. for
2: yeah if i'm going for like a heart kind of thing where like a little bit of quality and a little bit of favorite coda but i'll, I'll just i'll go to the map of tiny perfect things under scene and yeah i just cool time loop movie i've uh, done in a lot of you know i think in a lighter more genuine way than something like palm springs which still kind of gets a little harebrained and all that and 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 still self-aware enough of a time loop movie to kind of have its little rules and have its little things that it wants to do, but I love the what it takes to get in to be in it. But I also love what it takes to get out of it by the time you get to the end of the movie. It's a just a nice little good hunk of heart, smart little young performances. Uh, Catherine, um, oh, I'm gonna forget her last name, um, because she was in Freaky and then in this one as well. Um, the, the Catherine Newton talent to watch. I mean, she's gonna go places and already she's
0: is also a but... detective Pikachu, is she not?
2: I I am not the target demographic to watch Detective Pikachu. Couldn't tell you. Do
0: you think that I am?
2: <laughs> no, but you watch more trashy things than I do, as clearly seen. So, yeah.
0: True, very true.
2: Yeah. I got scruples. I, I, I scruples and only so much time to write. So yeah, I, I you know working too hard to watch very Detective true. Pikachu. Yeah. Would recommend. Uh, to, um, but yeah that that'd be that'd be a favorite if I'm doing a yep. best. I'm doing best at that. That's probably Coda, Coda, or the tragedy of Macbeth.
0: Yeah, Coda is incredible. By the way, I yeah. saw it about. I saw it about. I, didn't, I missed it at Sundance, but I saw it like a month and a half before it came out. Nice, because uh, they, they actually. What's weird is Apple sent me a screener, and the screener was to go to Apple and watch it.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And it was outside I, I of miss- their screening room.
2: I missed it. I missed it during the screening time and didn't catch it till the disc came my way during this season in time for voting deadlines in November. So. I was very late to the party on Coda.
0: Now, I've mentioned Tick, Tick, Boom is one of my favorite movies, but I'm going to mention another one that didn't get any love at the Oscars. And it's an incredible goddamn movie, and it has my favorite actor in it. And that's Come On, Come On.
2: That probably deserves a chance between screenplay and Joaquin. But that's, I mean, every year, Best Actors is a super deep category. Where where do you make space? I mean, my- long, we're, we're out there kicking Javier Bardem on the category but still.
0: Mike Mills deserves some. By the way, if, if I was going to kick out Will Smith and Javier Bardem, which I would, I would give Joaquin and Sa- Simon Rex for Red Rocket nomination.
3: I
1: would oh, do. Ooh. You know what? Yeah. Simon Rex was amazing in that. Oh, and my I God. said I that, do. and I said that because I know you loved Red Rocket. Shape. Mm. I do. That was a fantastic movie. I'm. It really is. I'm a pretty, pretty big fan of Sean Baker's work. I, I loved Tangerine. I loved. The Florida Project. Oh, my God. But Red Rocket, I, I think Red Rocket really is his best work as far I've seen. Um, it was so hilarious. It, it it reminds me a lot of kind of like this weird 70s, like grungy underground feel. It feels um, like a PTA and, movie. Uh, yeah. It kind of did, which yeah. is funny because there was actually a PTA movie that just released. And, I don't want to talk um, about
0: that.
1: In contrast, yeah. You know what? In contrast... There, there is a weird flip-flop happening right there we can talk about it we can go there if you want to because i'm willing i'm willing to sh- say anything about it.
0: <laughs> well I, I'll, I'll start with this I'll start, I'll, I'll start with
1: this i did not i did not like sean baker's previous two movies
0: i did not
2: see i like the Florida project a ton you know nice little heart from moon to foe unique little story i know the ending those people for a loop were to me that's kind of like a. I don't mind that like Peyton Farquhar, life flashing before your eyes, ending before she gets hauled away in a police car. But I I dug it. Yeah, a cool little performance from Brooklyn Prince. The, and
0: the ending is a little too cowardly for me.
2: Cowardly.
1: I oh how I don't crazy. know. She still
2: ends up in that police car. You know, she's still not gonna have that life. So
1: Yeah. She she, well, we don't- she literally you see a child disassociate and imagine that they're going to Disneyland. And right. that is the saddest thing I one of the saddest things you, you can Absolutely. see on a that's yeah. like Listen, a good way to run your day and bring you back to all your childhood drama. And I love and that. I movie.
0: find I find most of Tangerine not that great. If I'm being honest.
2: Yeah, I could take a deep Tangerine.
1: Yeah, Tangerine is like entertaining to me um in the way that's like a movie, like a Harmony Kareem movie would be, like the Beach Bum. Yeah, um, Beach Bum's great. Yeah, I would I would compare it a lot to like a really, really stripped down version of like the beach like it's in the beach bummer um, and I, I, I just really enjoyed watching the characters. They were fun. They were like, it, it was kind of Zola. Um, oh, which Zola. Is a movie. Not Zola. Movie. That movie flew under the radar and I'm so disappointed about that because the, wow, it, it, that was such a fun movie.
0: Zola slaps.
1: It I slaps loved so hard. I love the hell
0: out of that movie. You yeah. and I saw that together, did we not? I think we did. Yeah. We saw it together at Sundance 2020. It was fucking great.
1: (laughs) But I think we were like one of the very few people who actually wanted to have a good time at the movies. There were so many crabby people.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
2: I meet them too, where the critics that overly take it serious and forget to have a good time, and let the escapism come to them.
0: I'll tell you this. Me and and shit had a great time watching that movie. I
1: think we talked to Matt Nagley afterwards, didn't we? Good dude. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Matt Neglia gets around.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't let his wife know that. But yes, you're right. <laughs>
1: the man is a whore for that. Man
0: is a whore for a free screening.
2: That's right. Oh, yeah. Aren't we all?
0: Yes, yes, I am. By the way, oh. studios, uh, if you want to give me a free screeners, I will take all of them. Thank you very much.
2: You, the, the pile of screeners on my coffee table right now because I'm in five voting groups is insane. It's
0: They're insane. in my desk.
2: <laughs> mine can't fit on a desk it's it's huge,
0: huge. Uh, i have a big ass desk so yeah they fit in here yeah i have a big ass desk and but let me just say i know sean baker follows me on letterboxd and he's a very nice man and uh he listens to us from time to time so sean baker i apologize that I've, i don't like a lot of your movies but let me when he i tell you
1: wait, whoa whoa sean baker listens to us like he what? wait does he read our reviews
0: or he's read yeah he follows us on letterboxd so he sees our reviews dude
2: and Sorry, you just so. lost him. Yep. Yeah. Poof.
1: No, we didn't. Yeah, how dare you? How dare you?
2: Yep. No. Thanks a lot, hey, Will.
0: So here, here's Thanks what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Sean for- Baker, I want to say this about Red Rocket. This is the best work you've ever done. I don't know what manic craziness thought you should pick Simon Rex for this role, but he was legitimately perfect.
1: What an angel. What a perfect fit.
0: You He's- pulled him out of 90s obscurity. Yeah
1: scary movie <laughs> but he did so good oh my god this is just like he was so charismatic and starting off in the movie i don't want to like give too much away but starting off the movie honestly like he he maintains like this, in spite of like the things that his character does or go through he maintains this really um weird charisma like you just he's a car accident of a man and you just cannot turn away, but he's so hilarious and he's so much fun to watch. And I'm just like, oh my god, I wish this is like, I want to see so much more of like this person and this character. And he really gets you excited to watch the movie as a whole. Um, what's her name? Suzanne Summers. That's the that's an actress's name too, right? Yeah. Summers.
3: The three. Yeah, sp- she she
1: plays no actually i knew that was wrong let me look up her name but she she played um the girl the donut girl susanna's son wow i was way off doesn't she is she her name her character's name is what strawberry or something like that she, she was absolutely eat. fantastic and their chemistry was so their chemistry was so weirdly matched yeah yeah
0: but that's i think yeah. that's why it works i think that's why it works dude
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that they, they, they shouldn't be they, they they shouldn't be a couple they shouldn't even be near each other but here they
1: fucking are. You know? <laughs> no, it it ended up being quite. Uh, it gave me flashbacks of Lolita almost a little bit. Incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
0: That's do want to call out. I do want to call out that Drew Daniels was the cinematographer on this, and he's a goddamn excellent cinematographer. He did waves, and it comes at night that mm-hmm. mother Effer, that mother Effer knows how to shoot. shut the shit
2: out of those two movies gorgeous yeah. stuff man ways
3: oh
0: he yes. is a goddamn brilliant cinematographer oh. and whatever that mother Effer does i'm gonna watch next because he's so brilliant with his shot selection the colors mm-hmm. he chooses to shoot in, the Ooh. angles that he picks i don't know yeah. what the fuck he, the first five minutes with the backstreet boys playing and he's on the bus i'm like what the hell is this movie this movie <laughs> is
1: fucking awesome it's so it's so just hilariously jarring at every corner yeah and each shot like the next like with each scene each passing scene it's a new like nightmare that's just hilarious and like kind of twisted and just off but like uh it was just such a Great fun movie! I had such a great time watching it. It's
0: it's literally a orange of manic awkwardness. You just keep peeling the goddamn, <laughs> goddamn <laughs> layers back, and it gets even more manic and awkward.
3: Sweet. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good way of describing it. By the way, that's gonna be on the Blu Ray cover, you mother f's <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: No, uh, I did. I did want to give everybody an update real quick before we let everybody go. Uh, Sundance happened. I saw like, way too many goddamn movies. I am I tired. Um, Emily the Criminal was a disappointment.
1: <gasps> For shame. Yeah. I uh, don't waste Aubrey
0: Plaza
1: like that.
0: Listen, it wasn't good. Uh, and I'm sad about that because they wasted Aubrey Plaza, who is a personal film stop reviews favorite by both myself and Shay. We both love mm-hmm. uh, uh, some Aubrey Plaza. Um, but they um, wasted her. Uh, I want to say the best film that I saw there is definitely... Um, a tie between either Fire of Love or uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth. Okay. And if you haven't seen Cha Cha Real Smooth and you wow. Apple picked it up,
2: who has I mean, other than people at Sundance? We all got to wait months to see these movies. So I think it comes yeah, out in I'm, I'm, I'm I think glad it's you're out. ahead.
0: I think it's coming out in May uh, on Apple TV. So May. That's so long from now, man. Come on. Not really. I mean, oh, yeah. People waited a whole year to watch the shitty end of the Avengers.
2: This is a good point.
0: I rest my case. Mm-hmm. Now, Don. Yeah. Our guest, our lovely guest, who he and I are the exact opposites when it comes to follicle.
2: Totally agree. Uh, yeah. Those those luscious here. long locks and my shaved brilliance over here. Not too shiny. I'm doing all right. Shine control. Yeah, baby. You,
0: you gotta you gotta get get that thing buffed out there, Don.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, thank you. I, I can't no. blind children when I go to work tomorrow. No.
0: Listen, if the worst thing you're doing is blinding children, you're doing a good job. True, instead, good of stra- instead of strangling them.
2: True. Also true.
0: Yes. Because uh, you guys don't know he is an educator.
2: I
3: am. You know, School of, teacher. Of, of, in of COVID. Tiny, yeah.
0: T- tiny, small people. And thus, he has way more patience for anything than, than I do.
2: Tomorrow will be at the test of it. I got kindergarten tomorrow. It's going to be tough. Man. Whew. Yeah.
0: Please please don't kill them. Uh, and He's currently rocking Grinch uh, pajamas for the people who can't see these brilliant And unbelievably sexy pajamas he's wearing. It's
2: It's it's almost like a neck top and bottom, by the way. It's it's
0: all of it, all the way down, man. Oh, Oh, it's a onesie. Ah. Oh, it's a onesie.
2: Two piece, two piece, but it looks like a onesie. It looks like a ones.
0: Ladies, you're missing out. He's a married man anyway. I
2: know. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. It's all yeah. The Grinch gets it upstairs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There you go. See that? His heart, his heart is already two sizes too small, but it is filled with love for all of you stupid bastards listening to us. I love you all. Done. where can they find you if they want to reach out and tell you how, how amazing the dulcet tone
2: sounded today? Oh, you bet. No, um, my initial website is everymoviehasalesson.com. Um, I'm a, the lead film critic over at 25YL, where I get my work published, and I'm able to kind of fly a larger flag than being a DIY blogger. Uh, that's kind of thrust me into... Um, Critics Choice Association, Hollywood Critics Association—all these little places where it's been cool to, you know, have the press credential flag. Uh, find me on Letterboxd and uh, and Twitter at Casablanca Don. Uh, hint, hint to what my all-time favorite movie is right there. Um, Facebook—you can look up every movie has a lesson or anything of that sort. But uh, yeah, Twitter, Letterbox, Facebook—you um, use the term "every movie has a lesson," you'll find me.
0: Listen, we want to thank Don oh. because
2: one more yes. drop I, I am the co-host of the cinephile hissy fit podcast where we got to get you two to come on since hey that's what podcasters do you come on ours we you come on you you come on there so yeah we got to get you two in to join uh will johnson and i connected to 25 YL, uh arguing about a movie that whether you love or hate and i feel like with the crowd here we'll, we'll get some lovers and some haters to do it with the two of us
3: so.
2: <laughs> set your calendars in the spring we'll get you guys on
3: I accept Amazing. already.
0: That is a that is an yeah. open accept an open uh, acceptance of, of that invitation. You I want to say thank you, Don, for coming by. Because of all the gin joints in all the world, you walked into mine. So thank sure you for did. coming so no, much. Thank you, thank you for the invitation.
2: Thank uh, you for the invitation. Real cool to discover uh, more of your work and follow what you guys do. Uh, I envy your film festival stamina. You guys are man tip of the spear, getting out there and seeing all the good things.
0: Listen. And we just do what we do. We're going to be at South by Southwest this year. Uh, both so myself is. and Shay are going to be there. Shay, how excited are you for that? I'm
1: testing again. Hey, guys. <laughs>
0: yeah. And Shay, where can they find you if they want to reach out and talk about your manic energy, my girl?
1: Oh, yeah. So, hi, guys. You can find my reviews, as always, at filmsnobreviews.com. I got some new ones up. Finally, after all this time, I know I've had a lot of breaks, but that is for good reason because I'm a working uh, comic book artist now. And you can find all my work on Instagram at limina underscore 1999. And take it from there. Please follow me. Uh, I need the attention. Yes,
0: she does. She's manifesting more attention because she needs it. Uh, I want to say, she also has a Facebook, but don't follow her there.
1: No, don't follow me on Facebook. You will see things
0: you don't. You'll see things you don't want to see. Like, you know, her face.
1: (laughs) No, I I literally don't even post it there anymore.
0: Yeah, she doesn't. It's fine. And of course, your handsome and lovely hero of the day, William, right here. You can follow me everywhere at Reviews. That's Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, Twitch, because sometimes I like to play video games, everywhere, and also on Twitter at Will WillEgizabo, that's Will with the two L's, Egizabo, E-G-U-I-Z-A-B-A-L, that's my last name, and good luck spelling it. You guys can follow me on there, and make sure that you fucking do, because I love talking shit to everyone. It is my favorite thing in the world. Shay, am I wrong? No, no cap. No caps, (laughs) no caps at all, just like the cap I just took off, the signature cap which I have here with me. How could you? How could I? What an asshole. Uh, you guys should definitely follow all of us and make sure you you, you follow Don because he's the guy sm- way smarter than me. I mean, he's a school teacher.
2: Debatable. Super debatable.
0: <laughs> it really is not. I am just a fucking maniac on the internet. Trust me. <laughs> but I have opinions, and like everyone else, and I am very good at stating thanks those Don- opinions. <laughs> yes, Shay said thanks, Don.
2: <laughs> You're very welcome. No, thanks for having me both of you.
0: I awesome. make sure you.
1: Yeah, I did. I
2: did. I yes. got to see more of your, you know, working face. So between the two.
1: Oh, awesome! Thank you. I'm yeah, not usually. Yeah, I'm not usually dressed this formally.
2: I, you know, I, I was going to look here and wait for the swimsuit calendar edition of is coming here. So I'm, I'm ready. You know, <laughs> let's do it. Oh yeah, you it's
1: look, coming. The internet is not ready for that. They are just not. That's too bad. Yeah, it's coming anyway (laughs) you
0: don't get to tell her what to do guys that's just how it is guys thank you so much for another amazing episode of the Snobcast we'll see you on episode 10 our guest is going to be Deanne from the Jello Club podcast you can kind of guess what we're going to be talking about woo baby I can't wait for that one thank you guys so much